Apple's iPhone 13 and 13 Pro officially go on sale on Friday, but CNET got its hands on the phones early. So are they worth your money? I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. With us to break down his impressions of the new iPhones is CNET editor and fellow Lego aficionado, Patrick Holland. Welcome, Patrick. What's up? What's up, my fellow brickhead? <laughs> so these phones have been knocked a little bit for just being a minor upgrade from the iPhone 12 family and are, are virtually identical to last year's models. But what are your overall impressions? <laughs> That's a great way to preface it because I think that is like the overall impressions people have. And you realize, though, there are, uh, and I feel like it's a thing I've been saying a lot lately, specifically with Apple, that there are a lot of small things that add up to something more significant. And there's lots of those things that people are gonna use far more than something crazy like if it had satellite antenna on it, right? Um, and I think that's what my experience was is, wow, these are just really well refined. Um, I don't wanna use the word safe because they're still a phone in the sense, like uh, I do think what Apple released is a very familiar, you know what you're gonna get into if you're upgrading from an iPhone 6, an iPhone 11, or even last year's iPhone 12. You're gonna have that same experience you've had, and they don't mess with that. They just add amazing things to it. All right, well, the the big question, huge question for me, did you notice the smaller notch? <laughs> you know, okay, uh, Patrick, without the film gear and without uh, having to take photos and compare the notch, no, I didn't, but I also didn't notice, I have a love-hate relationship with the notch. I think some people do. I, I tease it a lot. I, I don't like. Um, I don't want it to die, but it would be nice not to have a notch. I understand its utility, but yeah, it is nicer to see something a little less uh, chunked into like a video game or um, a, a video, right? And I'm watching like stuff like Ted Lasso, right? Because we're doing all the Apple stuff, and it's just like there's this little, you know, like there's got to be someone on Tim Cook's team. It's just like. Yeah, we got it. We got that special case to cover it up and put 16 by, you know, like <laughs> it just seems like it's there. But at the same time, in a weird way, it's kind of like a little bit of like an identity for the iPhone as well. Like you recognize if someone has that notch screen, you know, it's an iPhone. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I brought uh, another phone with a regular size notch where you realize it, it's not. And then it, they say 20 percent less. I think that's accurate. It actually looks a lot less than uh, the old notch. All right, well, more seriously, uh, between the two, the, the, the iPhone 13 and the 13 Pro, which is your favorite right now? We'll go with whichever is your favorite, we'll go with first. Absolutely, and I'm so glad you asked between the two because there are four phones, but I think that's the theme this year is Apple has really focused on making two phones, the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 Pro. You want a smaller 13, you get a 13 mini. You want a bigger Pro, you get the 13 Pro Max. And what's neat about that is my favorite phone is the 13 Pro out of this lineup. And the biggest reason for that is last year's Pro, um, I think I finally figured out how to describe it. Uh, lots of retail have like good, better, best, like, oh, you can get this for $9.99, but if you pay $2 more, you know, and you work your way up to the $20 thing. And which one do most people get? The middle one, the better one. And so last year, the iPhone 12 Pro was that middle better option but you still had that 12 pro max and so if you just wanted the 12 pro max in the regular size 6.1 inch screen you couldn't get it but now that's all changed uh for sake of size uh, or aside from size and a uh, a larger battery 
for all intents and purposes, the 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max are the same size. And I really like that. The 13 Pro has such a good personality. And I think of phones as people sometimes because you interact with it, you, you get to know it, but it looks really, I have a Sierra Blue, uh, Sierra Blue. Yeah, that is right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sierra Blue. <laughs> Sierra Blue version. And it looks so cool because sometimes it's like light gray. Sometimes it's like, uh, I'm in the Carolinas, so we have the North uh, UNC Tar Heels. It's like that. They call it Carolina Blue. Uh, it looks like that as well. Uh, but then at the same time, they're a little more hefty. So that gives it a little, feels a little more robust. And uh, But then we're going to talk about it at some point. The cameras, the cameras, the cameras. And before you get to the cameras, you got to talk about that ProMotion screen. Roger, how many times have you talked about wanting a high refresh rate screen on the Daily Charge? Pretty much never. So why don't you, for our <laughs> listeners, break down what the heck refresh rates on screens are and why we should care about the ProMotion screen. I kid, because Ian was on to talk about it a little bit after the event. But I, I, for our listeners, like it's refresh rates, I think that's something that maybe folks who buy TVs a lot have more of a awareness of but for phones it's it's a relatively new thing i know a bunch of android phones have stepped up their refresh rate game and, and now apple's doing it with promotion but what exactly is promotion and, and did you even notice a difference with that promotion display uh, i'll answer the last question first yes and then the uh, what is promotion promotion is a branding term apple uses to call a high refresh rate screen high refresh rate i guess the motion is pro professional somehow um, so normally a screen we look at on our phone is 60 hertz. It's pretty standard. Um, and if you want to think of it like a YouTube video, it's like uh, 30 frames per second. So that's two times that rate. Now, um, over the years, Android phones have launched like 90 hertz phones or 120 hertz phones. I think we're up to 165 hertz is like the, the top one now. Um, and what that means is in one second, it's basically refreshing that screen 165 times. In case of the uh, iPhone, uh, this is the first high refresh rate screen ever on an iPhone, and it refreshes up to 120 times. And why would you want a high refresh rate on your screen? It makes things like animations look smoother. It makes video gaming more immersive. Um, I still haven't found that app where you could actually watch sports at like 120 frames per second. I think that would be wild. Or even just like a, um, at, at 60 frames per second on the phone would be great. But it makes things look more crisp. If I have the phone on, my table and I had my regular, uh, I have a 12 mini, which I still love. Uh, it just the home screen, the, the home screen itself, it just looks like little almost stickers for the apps on, on the icons. Um, so it just makes everything pop more. But when you combine a high refresh rate and you combine that with a high resolution and brightness and contrast, you kind of have the magical four things you want for a really compelling screen. Um, does it stay 120 hertz the whole time? That's what some people have asked me. It's not true 120 hertz. It's like, heck no. And what we've learned or what I've learned from reviewing lots of phones, you don't want a screen that stays 120 hertz the whole time. Uh, Sony released the Xperia 1 Mark III with a 4K screen that refreshes 120 frames per second. And it's either on or off. And I bet you can guess how, how great or not great that battery life is, right? <laughs> So what the 120 hertz does on the iPhone is it, depending on what's on the screen, if I'm playing a video game, it might get set to 120 hertz. If it's static on like a home screen, that might go as low as 10 hertz, you know? It just really depends what it is. And yeah, that, that's definitely a smarter use of the battery, which I know they tout. Um, but yeah, let's go back to the cameras because I think that's what a lot of folks really care about when they're looking at a new phone 
is one battery life, but two camera, uh, particularly for me, I take a lot of photos of my kids. What, what are the improvements there? And cause I know they spent a lot of time on the cameras during the presentation. Like how, how has that experience changed? Yeah, I think, um, the first thing is, I guess the first thing to know about the cameras on the pro specifically is that all the rear cameras are new. They have new sensors and new lenses. And why that's significant is a couple of reasons. So last year, the 12 Pro Max had the largest camera sensor ever and inside an iPhone. And this year, the regular old iPhone 13 and the regular 13 mini, I don't know if it's the same sensor, but it has a very similarly specced size and uh, megapixel count. So it essentially has the same sensor as the 12 Pro inside those, the, the baseline models, right? Then the 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max, they have an even larger sensor. And why you want that larger sensor, it lets in more light. Um, and we have more light, people think more, it's a brighter photo. Yes, that's partially true. But that also lets you have a, uh, sh a faster shutter speed. And we have faster shutter speeds. Uh, you reference having children. I can only imagine how many uh, kind of slightly out of focus photos you have out of them because they're moving <laughs> so or squirming, right? Uh, so many. Now this isn't gonna solve that problem entirely. I don't know if we'll ever quite get there in a, uh, on a phone because at some point it's just a sensor so small, you know? But uh, yeah, I was able to like to take pictures of people like on a bike and get a pretty crisp like frozen framing. You're looking at the shutter speed. It's not like twice as high or anything, but it's a little bit higher than it might be on the 12. It's definitely higher than like the iPhone 11. So you have that. So basic camera stuff, you got that. But do you want to talk about cinematic mode, which is one of my favorite things now? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about cinematic mode. I, I don't know if a lot of folks are actually going to, you know, don a director's hat and start making movies. So when I saw it, I'm like, this is cool, but how many people are actually going to take advantage of this? But I know you are into filmmaking, and uh, it's probably near and dear to your heart, but but talk about cinematic mode. Hey, filmmaking is near and dear to my heart, but actually it's not the filmmaker side of me that's into cinematic mode. I feel like it may be anything, it, it's probably more oriented to people who are not because it just, it, <laughs> it let's take a step back and remember portrait mode, and which yeah. I think most people are familiar with this point. And what that does, you take a photo and it takes the background and applies like, uh, people call it a blur, but it's kind of like it's making the background out of focus and different phones have different recipes. Some will make it look like a camera. Some uh, on the on the other side of the spectrum, you have something like a Zoom call where you have that weird like cutout, you know. Um, so what if you did that for video? Now, other phone companies have made uh, of what they call portrait mode video, for lack of a better term, where it's doing that same thing to video. But what Apple has done is just a little bit different. They've actually gone and based this more off movies. So you're able to do things like change the focus, shift from one person to another. You're able to change the aperture. So you're able to take some of that portrait mode technology, apply it to some like cinema techniques. And what's best about it is I can just open the phone, tap the record button, and it does a lot of that on its own. If I wanna go that next step, I, I can change the focus myself. I can even go back after I record the video and let's say that I was filming you and BVG having lunch and it's all on you. I could tap and switch the focus to BVG ah. and then switch it back to you. And it's that simple. Isn't that great? That does sound great. I've got two kids. So being able to shift focus between them, the one that's less annoying versus the one that's more annoying. 
that's that's pretty appealing. I, I'm definitely tempted and interested in trying that out. Beyond beyond the camera, uh, what about the battery life on? And, and we can talk generally about this because I know they they talked about battery life across all the models, but generally, how is the battery life, and is it as good as Apple touts? All right, so uh, I had the phones for just under five days, right. and uh, uh, a typical battery test might run like you know maybe like anywhere from like the high teens to like 20 hours. So, and typically what, at CNET, we run a battery test three times and do the average. So I was even thinking like, I would have like the phone for maybe 20 hours that I could actually test it right. uh, for not battery. So uh, I'm still gonna do our CNET testing, but uh, our scores for battery are not solely based off that. And um, in my time with it, uh, all the phones handled it well. Especially when you do a, a review with a tight turnaround like this, you're shooting lots of photos and videos with the phones. You're getting those, um, the battery is getting hot because it's being charged. And then it's out, like I'm in South Carolina, it's very hot and humid here. Um, they all handled it well. And probably the one that gets picked on the most, the, uh, the 13 mini. Um, yeah, I don't, I didn't have to do my three o'clock or four o'clock, uh, put it on a charger uh, during this time. Now I'm going to be completely honest. Do not listen to what I'm saying. I've only had these phones for five days in terms right, of battery. Right. There's also things like the battery needs to be optimized and stuff like that. So I have a feeling I'll probably, I'm hoping that I get invited back, Roger, to the Daily Charger. We could talk about that when I, I do have a follow-up to that because um, we're going to plan some big testing, um, especially around the battery life. But so far, so good is the best way to say it. Let's switch over to the iPhone 13. What do you think about that phone? I mean, that's probably the phone that most people are going to get. It's sort of that common model. I mean, either that or the, or the 13 Pro. But what do you think? Is it a big step down? or and Is it a step down from the 13 Pro? And I guess probably a better question, is this a big step up from the iPhone 12? Oh, those are two great questions. And they have two big adjectives to uh, <laughs> uh, to try to focus it in. Let's talk about the difference between the pros and uh, and the regular one. Uh, I, I like to say it's like we have the pros and non-pros. And I think for the most part, what are the differences? We're starting to see there's actually more differences. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's inferior. But let me give you an example. So all of them have OLED panels, right? Clearly, the only phones this year that have that fancy ProMotion are going to be the Pro phones that's not on the uh, 13 or 13 mini. Now, does that mean that screen's horrible? Absolutely not. It's still a very attractive screen. Millions and millions of people are using the screen and have no problem with it. Um, let's talk about the cameras. I mentioned how the, um, the pros have all those new sensors and stuff. It's, I'm not saying I have no fact that this is last year's, but it's very similar to last year's sensor and stuff, which was until two weeks ago, one of the best cameras you could get on the market, right? So now this is in your uh, baseline phone. But then this is where it's getting very interesting is they have an A15 Bionic chip, which is like their system on a chip. They have like the ISP and all that stuff. And one thing that I thought was interesting was the GPU is different. So the GPU on the 13 and 13 mini has four cores. The GPU on the Pro models has five cores. Did I notice that difference? Only one time. And that time was when I ran a gaming graphics benchmark test ah. and the score was lower and lower. And I didn't really like, wow, I thought they would have been exactly the same. Traditionally, the chips have been identical in all of the phones. So to see Apple just kind of finding places to kind of nip and tuck some of those savings in, I think that's totally great. And I don't think it's a 
it's a uh, uh, I don't think it makes the 13 or 13 mini inferior. In fact, I think if anything, it's like, oh, your car can't go 200 miles an hour. It only goes 180. Uh, okay, are right. you ever going to drive that fast? Probably not. Got it. Uh, anything, generally speaking, anything disappointing or surprising about the phones? Yeah, um, I mean, we made fun of the notch, and I don't think I honestly don't think that's uh, as big a problem as it is. Um, there's just like some like nitpicky things. So we have iOS 15, which is so much fun on these phones, and it's going to be fun to have other people in iOS 15 to interact with because I feel like so much of what iOS 15 is is being able to share these these uh, these systems across phones across your other devices and when you're in these betas and even the review phones you're just hoping that someone else with ios 15 has it so you can see that status you're like oh, you're in the club yes we can we can, <laughs> we can do that um and if i I'm, i'll do a, a shameless plug i have a we're not calling it a review video but i have like a best features and biggest changes video i made for cnet um where i go more into that now um why do i bring that up when you say disappointing um I think for me, the things about the phone that um, that were like um, the things that I had trouble with the phone were maybe just like preferences. Uh, let me give you an example. So we're talking about that cinema, uh, cinematic mode. Um, when you go to edit the video, there's these little keyframes, like little dots on the timeline. And where each of those dots are is where there's a focus being changed. So if you want to change the focus, you tap on someone's face, it adds another dot. If you want to like, see where those dots are, you can kind of long press on the timeline and it gets bigger. But as soon as you let go, you you lose that. It goes back to small. So there's not like a, you can't like tap fast enough. And um, is that a huge downside? No, it's just kind of annoying. And even I have pretty good eyesight, but... I, it's annoying to me, you know, and it's like, so there's little things like that that just need like nips and tucks. Um, um, and I feel like, like I said, led the interview with when we talked about a lot of small things that are significant. I think those are like a lot of small things that can be significant to someone, especially if maybe you do want to use that feature and it's harder to edit or uh, you want to take advantage. There's a macro photography mode where it just automatically kicks in and then Apple uh, shared last night, they're, they're going to uh, add a setting to turn it off. Because something I discovered with that is if you're in low lighting, um, why would you go to your switch to an inferior camera just so you could focus closer? You get, right. uh, yeah. And so there's things like that, right? And I would say those are negatives, but there's not a glaring like, don't get this or uh, it overheats or it doesn't do this. It has done everything Apple has claimed. And in a weird way, going back to the other thing you led off with, it's kind of a boring update and, and and boring in the best sense of that word. It's sometimes fine to have being a library and be quiet and, and to have that environment, right? Well, that's a good place to, to wrap it up, Patrick. We'll definitely have you back on for your longer term impressions. In the meantime, you can check out his review on CNET.com or his reviews, both of his reviews. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>